My name is Shanice and I am managing a season called Weathered. So to start, let's start by defining what does weathered mean? I mean, the dictionary, it says to be worn by long exposure to the atmosphere. Another definition says to wear away or change the appearance or texture of something by long exposure to the air. And the last definition that I love, it says to come safely through. And an example would be to weather a storm. So come safely through a storm. And so uh, my life recently has felt like I've been going through a multitude of waves. After one thing, I would catch my breath and then another wave would come and another wave would come. And I felt like I was being continuously put to the test, whether it was with increased responsibilities, whether it was with um, health, um, health challenges within family, whether it was with financial challenges, challenges within relationships. It just felt like the waves have continuously come back to back to back to back. And through it, God has given me revelation that this is my season of weathering. And sometimes in life, you have to go through storms in order for God to grow you into all that he has created you to be, to strengthen you to become all that he has created you to be. And so uh, I would love to go to scripture where God uh, speaks about um, us going through various waves, us going through various um, trials and being um, being redeemed at the end of it. Um, but let's go to Isaiah 43, one to two. It says, but now thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. And when you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. So right here, God promises as to while we are going through the season of where the Ways may be crashing down on us, we will not drown. And while we may feel that we're being pushed to the fire, we will not be burned. We will not even be scorched by the flames that are coming our way. And so um, this scripture has given me immense encouragement in knowing that what I am going through, one, that it's not new, but two, that it is with a purpose and that God promises to not only be with me, but he promises that I will survive after. I will survive. Uh, the next scripture that I would love to take you to is James 1, 2 to 4. It says, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. So in terms of us experiencing these various trials and these various waves and, and the various weathering um, that we're going through, God over here shows us that it is important for us to go through these trials. And not only should we go through these trials, but we should count it joy. It is a good thing when we're going through these trials because it will produce in us patience and then God's perfect work will be complete within us. And so now I want to just compare you and I to a seed. When we are going through life, we are seeds being planted in the ground 
by ourselves. We are going through our own process of becoming that um, ultimate picture of what God has created us to be, which in the, in this particular example is a flower. The flower, before it blooms, it has to go through the weathering of being rained down onto the point where it may feel that it's going to drown. It goes through a point where it's surrounded by darkness, feeling that it's left alone. But it also goes through the process of being able to break free of the surroundings that it was in to now experience the free air, now to also experience um, being shunned on by the sun, being um, exposed to heat, but it does not burn, it blooms. And so uh, God is putting us through this, to this, through this season of weathering in order for us to bloom into that perfect and complete work that he has created us to be. So while you are being, uh, while you may be going through uh, this season of weathered, being weathered, I pray that you embrace it. My name is Shanice and I am embracing my season uh, called weathered because it is just that, a season. God bless you. Hi, my name is Corey Jackson and I am managing my season hurry up and wait. Now we know that waiting is not something that we naturally just want to do, but it's definitely a necessity and it's a key component to making progress and having the things that God wants to have. Have you ever had everything ready and all set just to realize you still had to wait? Let me share a story with you when I was a kid. With my grandmother, we used to go catch the bus from one location to the next. And one thing that she would always tell me whenever we got prior to getting to that bus stop, she always told me, grandson, you have to hurry up and wait. And I learned that concept and I hold that dear to my heart. What she was saying was that we had to be in a ready posture. We had to be in a waiting position, a ready posture, so that when that bus arrives, we can pursue and go forward to our next destination. She also taught me how to read a bus schedule. Every bus is expected to be at a certain bus stop at a certain time. Not every bus goes to every destination. So learning how to catch the bus and read the bus schedule helped me to realize that it has an expected time of arrival. It's really about being in the right place at the right time. It's possible to be at the wrong bus stop at the right time. Are you in a place in your life where you feel like you're where you need to be, but the timing is wrong? Sometimes it's not about a time on the clock. It's really about God's timing. Let me share a scripture with you. In the book of James, chapter five, verse seven, it talks about waiting. It talks about being patient, how the farmer waits patiently for his land to yield the crop. He also waits for the autumn and the spring rains because he knows that there is a season that he, his crops will manifest themselves. Now, I don't consider myself a farmer, but I do have experience gardening, playing in dirt, sowing seed, and growing vegetables. I love vegetable garden. So I can kind of relate to this, this scripture when it comes down to yielding the crops. If I want to expect my crop to yield its fruit or its harvest, in the summer, I have to sow my seed in the spring. When I sow my seed and I plant my, my flowers in the springtime, 
I expect a waiting period. Even though I'm still watering my garden, even though I'm still nurturing and fertilizing, I'm still waiting in anticipation that that season will yield its crop in the summertime. So maybe there's a career opportunity that you're believing God for. Maybe you're believing him for, for home. Maybe you're believing God for a relationship. Just know that there is a waiting period. There is an estimated time of arrival for your opportunity. I remember years ago when I applied for an opportunity for a job and got there, never did get a response back, never did get a response back. And I tried to force my way into that position because I felt like it was for me. Come to realize years later after I didn't get that position and time had passed, I realized that during that season that I was trying to force it to happen and I wasn't waiting, I wasn't patient, that they had been going through a season of layoffs and a lot of chaos was going on. Had I took that opportunity and forced myself in, I would not have last and that opportunity would not have the capacity for me. So I encourage you, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58, talks about being steadfast and unmovable, always abounding in the works of the Lord knowing that your labor is not in vain. So be steadfast, my brother and sister. Know that your labor is not in vain. Continue to wait. Continue to expect that time of arrival to come. As you continue to hold fast, hold your position, God is going to bless your weight. You're one way to wait for your breakthrough. So I'm Corey Jackson, and I am managing my season to hurry up and wait. Have you ever thought about all of the things that you wanted to accomplish out of life? And then you looked at what you actually had in your hands and you thought, there is no way that I can get all of this done with just this. Well, you're not alone. My name is Ashley Jackson and I'm managing my season of using what I have in my hands. You see, there was a situation that I had the privilege of watching it in action that really explains this biblical principle to me. So one day as I was driving home from work, um, I was driving off on an exit. And so when I get off on the exit, I'm about the third car back from this guy that is holding this sign that read, Hungry. So he's holding this sign and I was immediately filled with compassion when I actually saw someone act out on this plea. So they are coming from the opposite side. This woman comes up with a bag of food that I see that she clearly got from the restaurant up the street. He receives the bag of food. So he's holding the bag, if you can imagine with me, holding a bag of food in one hand, and then in the other hand, he's holding a sign that says hungry. Okay, you, you know I'm like in, in mentally just having a fit in the spirit, right? So I'm like, just open the bag. Like, you don't have to hold the sign that says hungry. You have what you need in your hand. It was in his hand, guys, and yet he was still holding the sign that said, hungry. Okay, so where's the turnaround in this? So I immediately thought there's a difference clearly between holding and receiving, right? So there are so many things that 
God, I'm going to speak to me because I, you know, I don't know what you got going on, but I'm going to speak on Ashley today. So there are so many things that I want to accomplish out of life, right? There are many gifts and talents that the Lord has entrusted me with. And could it be that he has already given me what I need in my hand to do what it, what it is that I need to do to accomplish that task that I need to accomplish? Could it be that it's already in my hand? So in order for this young man to actually open the bag, he had to lay down his sign, right? So he had to lay down that sign in order to open the bag. There was no way he was going to be able to open the bag with holding the sign in one hand. So God showed me, he said, Ashley, as soon as you lay down your excuses, as soon as you lay down your perception of what you think you need and you accept what I have given you, the love, the joy, the peace, uh, the job that you may not think you might like or the situation you're in that you may not think you not like, whatever your it may be. God says, open that gift up, open it up, receive it, actually receive it, and then you will see the benefits from it, right? So at this point, I'm like super excited, right? I'm like, mind blown. God is beginning to show me all of the different instances in the Bible where God actually uses what's in the person's hands. So if we, if we just travel a little bit with me, right? Travel along with me. In the book of Exodus, when he's talking to Moses and, and Moses at the Red Sea, he say, Moses, what do you have in your hand, right? And Moses said, I have a staff. And, and with that staff, guys, God parted the Red Sea where the enemy was coming and advancing towards them. God said, you hold up your staff and I'm going to use what's in your hand to perform miracles. I mean, if you read along in the book of Exodus, he not only parts the Red Sea, but he turns the, the staff into a serpent and then he turns it back into a rod. But the whole point of it was God used what he had, what? In his hand, right? The next story in the Bible that God reminded me of, we, we want to go to the, our brother David, right? David and Goliath, yes. You know I'm going there to that story. What did David have in his hand? David had, what? A slingshot and stones, right? <laughs> so he used those tools that he had in his hand, what he already had, to slay down this huge giant, to slay it down, cut his head off, right? So David used what he had in his hand. That's found in 2 Samuel, I believe, first, first or 2 Samuel. And then you have Moses using what he had in his hand. And then we're going to take it on to the New Testament, y'all. This is one of my favorite stories. When we are seeing, when we see Jesus perform a miracle with the 5,000, Jesus feeds 5,000. He grabs again a little boy and he says, what do we have? What this little boy had in his hand, he used what he had. He had two fish and five loaves of bread. Now, how do you take two fish and five loaves of bread to feed 5,000 people, right? Jesus just has a way of taking your little bit and making it a lot. If we just trust God that what we have in our hands is exactly what he needs to get that job done, to get that task done, oh, what joy we would receive in this season. My name is Ashley Jackson, and I'm embracing my season of what's in my hand. Because you know what? It's just that. It's the season. 
question for you. Have you ever asked God for something and he said, uh, no? Yeah, I'm talking about flat out like, uh-uh, nah, uh-uh. Well, my name is Christina Temple, and I am managing a season that I like to call No. The truth of the matter is we have all experienced moments in our life where we have requested something or we have a desire for something, and we present that desire or request to God, and we feel like the response was no. Well, let me tell you a funny but interesting story of a moment that I had recently where I was faced with a no. Um, if you know anything about me, you know that I love sneakers. Fun fact for those of you who don't know. But anywho, um, so I decided for my birthday I was going to order some sneakers online. So I ordered these shoes. I got the notification that the shoes had arrived. I raced home, y'all, opened the box, and ah, I could have screamed. The shoes, y'all, were damaged. Yes, they were damaged. So I called customer service, and I said, hey, we got to fix this situation. Can y'all send me another pair of shoes? And of course... They told me that, Miss Simple, we apologize, but the shoe is out of stock. Y'all, my heart was broken. I was upset. I couldn't believe these people told me no, that I can't get the shoe that I wanted so badly. Now, this is just a story about me hearing a no to some shoes. But can we talk about some no's that we can all relate with? See, what about that no to that job that you wanted? What about that no to that relationship or marriage that you wanted? What about that no to that move that you thought that you were going to make and things were just kind of working out and then all of a sudden something just happened and it all just crumbled apart? See, we all face moments in our life where we have a desire for something or a request for something, but it just seems like the season of no will not come to an end. Well, let me share with you something that has helped me navigate this season called no. And that is the fact that Jesus was faced with the exact same season. Yes, Jesus experienced a season called no. But in the Bible, we hear about all these amazing things that Jesus did, all these awesome miracles he worked out and everything. But we also need to be reminded that Jesus had a request that he sent to God and God's response was no. See, before Jesus died on the cross, the Bible tells us in Matthew 26, 39, that he fell to his face on the ground. And he said, Father, if it is at all possible, can you take this cup away from me? See, I, I find that interesting because we have all faced moments in our life where we are dealing with a situation and we send this request to God and we say, God, listen, if it's at all possible, can you just get me out of this? Like, I know this is a part of the plan, but is there any other option for me? But I love Jesus' response. He also says, but you know what? It's not about what I want. God, what is it that you want? See, it's not about my will, God. What is your will that you have for me? Can I, can I present a question to you? Could it be that that thing that God hasn't placed in your hand, or can I go a little deeper, that thing that he has placed in your hand that you want so bad to be removed, have a purpose and a plan connected to it? 
So yeah, y'all, I had to come to the realization that there is a purpose and a plan connected to every single no that I face, especially when I am standing in the will of God. See, my salvation was connected to that no. See, my eternal life with my heavenly father was connected to that no. And so when I look at the life of Jesus and God's response to his request, I now say to myself, Christina, every time you are faced with a no, could it be that God is just saying yes to his purpose and his plan for your life? See, I'm gonna be honest with y'all because the truth of the matter is a season called no can be difficult. It can be frustrating. It can be full of disappointments, but it can also be tempting because a lot of times you can think in your mind, I would rather just take what I have to avoid not having nothing at all. See, let me bring you back to my, my shoe example for a second. See, I had the shoe, but the shoe was damaged and I had the opportunity to get my money back, something that was more valuable than the shoe. I had the opportunity to get that money back, but the temptation was just to say, oh, it's not that bad. Or maybe I can clean it up. Or maybe I can fix it. And guess what? We can do the same thing in our life. The temptation is to say, oh, maybe this could work out. Or maybe we can just navigate this. Or maybe it won't be as bad as it looks like. But the truth is, God has something way more valuable for you if you could just trust him in the know. Because I'm telling you, the truth of the matter is the Bible tells you that my God will supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. And y'all, my Bible also tells me in Psalms 37, 4, to delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Y'all, my name is Christina Temple and I am embracing my season of no because it is just that, a season. We've all been in seasons where the answer was no, just flat out no. But the good thing about no seasons is we have an answer. We have uh, expectation to move on. But what do you do when the answer is wait? My name is Kenneth and I'm in the season of waiting well. Many times in my life, I can think of examples where I asked for a thing, I prepared for a thing. God said I could have the thing, but he just didn't say when. And that's the most frustrating part of any situation is knowing you can have a thing, but not knowing exactly when. So what is your posture when you're called to wait? Are you angry? Are you anxious? Are you upset? Are you frustrated or worried? How do you wait? What do you do in the wait? What is the purpose of the wait or the point of waiting? Why can't I just have it when you say I can instantly? We're all familiar with the story in 1 Samuel when David was anointed king. And I really like that story because it really highlights how we're supposed to wait well. See, when David was anointed, he didn't instantly assume his position as king. He was anointed king, and then the Bible lets us know in Samuel, he went back and he worked in the field. Well, the attitude that he had when he was in the field is a great example of how I think we all should prepare during our waiting season. You see, David tend to his father's sheep, 
David was a gifted musician and he wrote poetry and he made instruments and he also did things like work on his craft. He, he was a skilled marksman is what I like to call him with the slingshot. So he did a lot of things in that waiting season that prepared him for where God promised him he would go. That if he did not wait well and he just sat around bitter because this guy anointed me king in front of my brothers and then he just left and didn't take me to the palace or I didn't assume my position, then I believe that David wouldn't have been prepared for three key situations that he was put into. And it was very vital that his preparation before those situations were done correctly. One example, David's first invitation to the palace was not to assume his position as king. It was actually because someone heard that David can play an instrument very well, the lyre. And uh, if he was not in the field continuing to worship and play the instrument and sharpen his skill, no one would have ever heard that he can play. No one would have ever seen him playing. And he would have actually disqualified himself from being one of the names that was mentioned when it was uh, time to recruit someone to play for Saul when he was having a bad day. So he that was that was David's first taste of his palace or where he would later become king. So what he did was he, he went there and he played. Uh, Saul liked it, so he kept him. He actually ended up working for the person he was going to replace. Now, let me tell you, let me tell you one thing. If David was bitter and you know he put down the instruments and he didn't sharpen his skills, when he was invited to the palace, probably wouldn't have sound very well when he played and he probably would have got beheaded or something even worse. So of course he wouldn't have had success because when he went to play, if he wasn't good, Saul wouldn't have been happy and he probably would have got beheaded. When Goliath challenged him, he would not have, he would have not had experience fighting in the field. So he probably would have been afraid or terrified and he never would have took the challenge. Or if he did take the challenge and he never worked on his skill with the rock and the rag as a slingshot in the field, he probably would have missed. And you know, if you throw a rock at a giant and you miss, you're probably in big, big trouble. So those three things, I believe that what was very pivotal in David's success. And at any given moment, if he did not work on those three things in the season that was designed for him to work on them, it could have been a gift turned into a curse. So to most people, Goliath represented a giant, but to David, since he was prepared, Goliath represented an opportunity. My name is Kenneth, and in this season, I like to call it Waiting Well. Well, you've heard the messages about seasons. You've heard the testimonies about how various young men and women in our church had seasons in their lives that they had to work through and how God helped them. And I want to challenge you in whatever season you're in. If you don't know Christ, this could be the moment your life can change. This could be a season of breakthrough for you. So let me pray for you. Father, let this be a moment when they find you, when they open their hearts to a new relationship with you. 
May they take the advice they've heard today, those encouraging minutes that they've heard from these young people, and may it bless and inspire them. I pray they would open their hearts to a new walk with you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for being with us today. If you have prayed this prayer and you want to start a life with Jesus, simply reach out to us. We'd love to reach out there right online now. You can simply type in, I raised my hand and one of the staff will be glad to send you some information to help you start your life with Christ. You're saying, I raised my hand. I need God in my life. And also, if you just want to email me directly, you can. Pastor at overcomingbyfaith.org. That's pastor at overcomingbyfaith.org. And some of you might say, you know, Pastor, after hearing this, I think I'm, I'm interested in membership. You can do the same thing. You can simply reach out to pastor at overcomingbyfaith.org. So I'm interested in membership. I'll tell you all about how you can do that. It's really personal and intimate, and you don't don't have to be in our city. You can be anywhere at all. We thank you for your time. We thank you for being with us today. We'll walk in victory. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.